Hi, this is the first part of a two-part interview with Mike Farrell from MASH. What a nice guy, by the way. Uh, if you would like to see this on camera, you can actually go to www.youtube.com slash That's Classic TV, and you can actually see Mike and I on camera doing the interview. Enjoy. But today we have a fantastic interview. This is somebody that I have been wanting to talk to for a long time, and uh, we've gone back and forth with, with schedules, and uh, he really came around, and, and uh, this is somebody you're going to love, uh, without a doubt. Uh, today we have none other than the actor that played uh, B.J. Honeycutt on MASH, as well as so many other things. Can't wait to talk to him about Mike Farrell. So, Mike, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, without a doubt. It's just terrific. Uh, you know, I was a huge MASH fan. Well, I still am. But um, what... Um, when I look at BJ, I'm curious how much of the character is actually Mike Farrell. Oh God, uh, you know it's it's a it's an amalgam. Um, when you do a long running show, um, well, in in my case, uh, they didn't know it. What they knew about BJ, <laughs> uh, I should back up. When I had the interview with them, when they were talking about it, and they weren't sure that Wayne was leaving. Oh really? No, they at that point it was unclear, um, but they thought that you know they had to prepare themselves because the whatever the negotiations that were happening were not happening to their satisfaction. Um, so they they made that very clear, and I said, "Look, I get that. I mean, I've been around the business a while. I understand." Um, but they said, but I said, but what I'm what I will tell you is I would not be interested in coming in if what you're talking about is the actor coming in to replace uh, Trapper John and to sort of step into Wayne's boots. Wow. And they quickly said, oh, cool. of course not. Oh, no, no. That would be, you know, the wrong step. Um, and what we have in mind is a character who is um, we've decided that would be married and not be a womanizer like Trapper and John and, and Hawkeye and um, would have a child at home. Um, how, how does that sound to you? And I said, how does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I'm talking about uh, somebody portraying a fidelity on national television. I think it's <laughs> like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, we laughed and talked for a while. And I didn't know. I didn't know if there was going to be a deal or not. Wow. How how far in advance are we talking before he left? Um, I, I, they called me the next week to do a test with Alan. Um, just uh, They said, this is not about your acting skill. It's about whether or not you guys have chemistry. Fortunately, yeah. it turned out we did. Um, and... As I recall, Alan called me that night uh, when the deal, when the agreement was made and said, can we have dinner? And I said, absolutely. Um, and we sat and talked till God, all, all hours of the morning about the show and about his view of it and his hopes for it. And um, he was just a wonderful man and, and, and really did a nice thing to me, uh, for me to kind of break the ice and let me get over my my fear <laughs> yeah uh about what was going to be coming up um and I bet. 
Yeah. And then I think we went to work the next uh, the next Monday morning. I'll be darned. Yeah. So it was right down to the wire. Wow. So were you, and I, I totally get, I mean, that just shows what an incredible human being Alan Alda is, but um, were you still nervous though about the idea of, certainly you're not, you're not replacing Wayne Rogers character, but you're replacing Wayne Rogers, like in essence on the show. Was that still a bit nerve wracking for you? Oh, it was terrifying. Uh, what I knew was that uh, this show, I, there's probably a backstory to it. I, I so admired the show um, mm-hmm. that the the opportunity to become part of it was this phenomenal sort of dream. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, the show was already up and going when I was uh, when I was admiring it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what I knew from being in television for a while was that if this show crashed in its fourth season i was going to wear it around my neck for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) and i thought oh man is and i also had some concern i mean i knew just from reading stuff that uh, they had a very nice um sort of interpersonal relationship and a kind of a family uh, on the set and i thought god you know what if the what if the crew and the company and the actors all think of me as a the, the interloper you know, yeah this, yeah this guy who bumped out their friend and knocked him off and i thought oh man this could be terrible and then of course once i went on the set and, and everybody welcomed me graciously and it was a that that was wonderful then we were doing season four and wow thought, you know what if the audience <laughs> hates me hates the new changes hates the show who knows what's going to happen uh, and i remember uh um, one of the actors came up to me after at the end of the end of the. Uh, I, I'm, I'm stalling here for a minute because I, I thought about it, it. I thought it was David Styers, but it wasn't David because David wasn't with the show yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the actors anyway came up to me and he said, uh, "Look at the ratings. Take a deep breath and and uh, and uh, you've 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 made it over the over the uh, t- uh, touchdown line." Oh my gosh, seriously, that must have felt like such a, a relief off your back. Oh yeah, no, it was. It was that, you know, what I said, all these wonderful people. And if I was the if I was the thing that torpedoed the show, I would be drummed out of the industry, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. So did you um obviously Alan Alda approaches you and he you, you go to dinner. Yeah. Did you um have a relationship offset as well as onset? Oh yeah, sure, and and it's continued. I mean, it it, it started with his graceful, uh, you know, invitation that night before. Mm-hmm. But you know, the minute I got there, the first person I think that came up and stuck out his hand was Gary Berghoff and said, "Welcome, we're happy to have you here." <laughs> oh, then, how ironic! It's Gary Berghoff, right? Yeah, Sorry. Absolutely. Then uh, uh, Loretta, and then Jamie, and then Bill. I mean, it was just and Larry. Um, it was like, you know, a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as the work proceeded, it became just so incredibly wonderful, so fabulously warm and welcoming to me, but also to challenging to, to uh, you know, be part of this company. I'll, I'll tell you a, a brief story. Um, Please. When I 
that first day, um, we sat down around the table to read the script, which was, you know, I'd been in two television series and a soap before that, and you didn't get that chance to sit down and read. Right. So you you just come in and hit your marks and start work, start acting. Um, so that was just a thrill. I mean, that was a treat to sit down. And we read, and Gene Reynolds, who was directing, it said, uh, okay, page one, and we started reading and read through the script, and there were laughs and jokes and, you know, some yeah. kibitzing. And then uh, at the end of it, there was this round of applause for the writers and the what have you. Um, and then Gene said, okay, page one. And I, I thought, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just did that. And 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 Gene said, he looked at me because I was right across the table from me. He said, oh, Mike, he said, uh, this is where we go back through the script page by page and see if any of you folks have any questions, any doubts, any problems, any suggestions. Wow. And I thought, I have died and gone to heaven. These yeah. people, these people want to know what I think or what we think about the script. Wow. And I heard actors say, you know, I think that joke would work better if uh, Father Mulcahy did it, if Bill did it. Um, it, it was just such a dream th that this extraordinary group of people that I came to understand was an extraordinary group of people were so generous and so um, determined to make this show the best show they could possibly, it could possibly be, that they were they were willing to, you know, bear their souls and give up good stuff and turn it over to somebody else or wow. this little, put this little twist on it that uh, it, it was, uh, it, it was a wonder. It really was. And, and it, and it just got more so over the years. Yeah. It was like, well, as a viewer, it's like watching a family. The reason that, the reason that I liked it, you know, part of why I do this show too, is I feel like a lot of people, I mean, the com comments that I get are often how much it made their day or it made them smile. It made them whatever. And I always felt with MASH, I could always go to that. And I felt like a warm, comfortable, cozy feeling. Like every time I watched an episode, it was like, oh, it's a nice little cozy escape. But I think it's what you're talking about because, um, if it meant that much to the actors and the, you know, the director, it comes across. I mean, there is a sincere warmth in that show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, it's something we felt certainly, and I'm thrilled to hear that it, uh, that it, and I hear it not only from you right now, mm -hmm. but I mail every day uh, that tells me about people whose lives were changed because of the show, who's, relationships were matured because of the show uh, things that have happened for, with people and for people wow. and from people it's just been such a gift i can hardly describe it without bubbling into tears which you right. do if you ask the right questions <laughs> hold on i gotta think of what i'm asking today no. hey so tell me this you um if I'm correct on this, Harry Morgan started at the same time you did, right? Didn't he come in on that season? He did, came in second episode, right? Yeah. Did you work with Harry previous to that, or did you know him? Had never met him. 
And I was awed by the idea of working with him. And we all were, I think, to some degree. And boy, he, as Alan said, he came down, came in, sat down, took our hearts and uh, kept them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Boy, never, never, there was never a moment where he was anything other than the person you know as Colonel Potter, I suppose. But this wonderful, generous, sweet, kind, very funny, well-educated man. Wow. Wow. He became a dear, dear friend. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Did Was he pretty, was he kind of like that character offset as well then? Or, or was he a bit different? Yeah, no. He was a little gruffer uh, as, uh, as, as I told you, I feared that. Um, a little gruffer as... Um, Colonel Potter, but yeah, I mean, he, Harry was. We 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 went <laughs> we went through a period where, uh, uh, I, I guess it was Peter Sellers doing uh, ripoffs of uh, of uh, the, the the kung fu artist. Uh, oh, Cato uh, uh, or Bruce Lee, whatever. Yeah, Bruce Lee, yes, uh, and where we would jump on each other, hiya hiya, in the middle of a scene. You know, if we couldn't. So if somebody was doing a scene and it was very serious, suddenly a bunch of us would leap in saying, <laughs> the director would want to kill himself or herself. Um, and Harry joined the fun. I mean, he was just, he was just one of the guys. It was amazing. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I can just picture that. That's funny. That is just funny. Um, Okay, well, that's pretty cool. I love I love hearing that. And then um, the other thing too, I you know, speaking of that, did you do pranks on each other on the on the set at times? You just I don't know. It just feels like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, well, we did a show where BJ was the the, the mysterious uh, practical Joker, mm -hmm. and it was because I had been doing. <laughs> doing these things all along well you know once I got comfortable well I didn't do those the first show but <laughs> right but once I was there and part of the company and there wasn't any question about them throwing me out I I would I used to tie Alan's boots, to, <laughs> boots together I used to uh God he, he he got on a kick where he didn't want to walk from and I didn't want to but I mean he, he had to do a lot of things. He'd go to the writer's room and he'd go to the, this, go to the commissary. So he got a bicycle uh, and he'd ride around the set on his bicycle. And he was just as proud as a peacock of that bicycle. And uh, one day, one day I got the uh, crew. I said, I want you to put a line on that bike and hoist it up into the, you know, we were in this huge soundstage way up there. <laughs> And he, Alan said, where's my bike? <laughs> and he walked around and he looked and he, he said, I can't, uh, you, Mike, <laughs> you haven't done anything with my bicycle, have you? I said, why would I do anything like that? <laughs> he looked at me and he looked up and he said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It was just, you know, uh, it was that kind of that kind of um, air on the set. Everybody was just having a good time, oh, and yeah. 
and, and knowing and appreciate it. I, you know, we didn't always laugh. We sometimes we cried, but mm-hmm. we always knew that what we were doing was important to us. And about, I think it was my third season in, um, I was out, I do some political stuff and I was out in, out of the country and I came back I had been really moved by people who came up to me and said, I can't tell you how much your war, your, your, your series means to us. We are people at war and wow. And it is so important to us to know that there are people like you and your organization doing the kind of work you do. Well, I came back and I said to Alan on the set, the first day of our starting production, I said, are you, are you hearing what I'm hearing out there? And he said, yeah. He said, um, you know, all we can do is just realize how important this film, this, this show is not only to us, but to a lot of people in the world. And we, and, and it, it behooves us to just double down and do our best. And we talked to the, we, we used to do that. We'd get together, the, the crew would get together, the company would get together and and um, talk about issues and talk about our lives and talk about things that were going on. So Alan and I talked to the group and said, this is, it, it's urgently important for us to do this show to the best of our abilities and just make sure we don't in some way cheapen it. Wow. And, and it, you know, I, I think the last day, uh, the day we shot the the last shot of the final episode, um, I, I said to somebody, I you know, I knew this was a good show. I knew it was popular. I knew it was, God, you all had to do was read the ratings and read the mm-hmm. articles and stuff. But I didn't understand and 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 probably didn't actually on that day fully understand that it had become a social phenomenon mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't just a television show it was it was part of people's lives and made a, some statements that i think reaffirmed for people sort of the best parts of themselves mm-hmm. and Agreed. That, that was um it was a big load for us to carry but it was it was important and not because we thought we were so hot but because something about the magic that happened between the actors and between the writers and the producers and the audience that um created a um, something that'll never be repeated i think no no not at all that you know that finale episode which is famous as one of the most watched episodes ever um what was that day like? I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, people always think, oh, wow, it was an emotional, you know, for a viewer. But what the heck was that like as an actor? Hardest, one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Uh, I remember Bert, uh, who was directing us, uh, part of the scenes, um, said, this is, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever had to ask actors not to cry so much. <laughs> I carried a box of Kleenex tissue in my, (laughs) under my arm for the day. And Alan, at one time, he uh, pointed at it and laughed. And then shortly thereafter, he came over and said, can I have some? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
got it was Loretta carried one as well. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about those times and <laughs> and yeah. remind myself. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was um it was terribly hard. The, the, the decision to to end the show, which is important to know, was ours. We uh, really we, yeah, yeah, we made that choice. Um, Alan and I were doing a scene one day uh, in the 10th season. And I said, how, how long do you expect this show to go? And he said, I always thought about 10 years. And I said, well, that's where we are. <laughs> wow. And he said, huh. And we went in and as I described earlier, we went in and sat down and talked to the uh, other actors. And there was some disagreement. Um, but it was we came to an understanding that it was best for the show mm -hmm. and best for all of us to, as I said to one person, one time, we didn't want to ride the horse downhill. Right. You were at the top at that point. Absolutely. And we didn't want some network executive a year or two or three or four years later say, Oh, ho hum and pull the plug. We wanted, mm -hmm. and what we said to them, we said, to, we went to Fox and they they were not thrilled, I must say. No, I'm sure they weren't. <laughs> we, we went to them and said, "Look, we think it's we think it's time for the show to end, and what we want is an end of the show, ep end of the war episode." Oh to wow! Bring yeah. it to a conclusion. And they said, "Oh God, oh oh no, you can't do that." And I said, "Really? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we we made it clear, and and, and we." Uh, I mean, the, and the conversation went on. Then one day, one of the studio executives came down. And he said, look, um, we understand you guys want to end and we think it's time. We, we uh, unhappily will agree we can do X number of episodes for an 11th season, if you'll agree to that. And um, but we can't do an end of the war episode. Oh, boy. And. I said, why is that? And he said, well, you remember The Fugitive, the David Jansen show? Yeah. Oh, at the, when David wanted to end the show, he ended the story. He, he got, um, uh, he, he did, found the one-armed man and got Dr. Kildare or whatever his name was. Uh, yeah. cleaned, and so he was innocent. So he, And it killed the show in syndication. Hmm. He was just as serious as he could be. And I looked at him for a minute and I said, you know, it might surprise you to know this, but uh, the Korean War actually ended. <laughs> you know that. Right. <laughs> right. And he kind of looked at me and looked around at the rest of us. And we were all sitting there looking at him and smiling. And he got up and walked out of the room. And uh, they came back with an episode. They said... Uh, we won't we won't do an end of the war episode but if you would if you all agree we will do an end of the war to our movie uh now <laughs> really yeah we thought that was great and yeah. we, and 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 it turned out to be a two and a half hour movie right um, but what i later understood was they would show it once and then maybe not for a long time because they didn't want to let the audience fear they out of their fear that the audience would go away if they thought the war was over. And <laughs> oh, is that unbelievable? Isn't that something? 
It really is something. I mean, talk about not uh, understanding the viewer. <clears throat> that is the epitome of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's it. Of course, what's wrong with the business? They don't, nobody understands the audience. You are nobody, correct on that. Yeah. Nobody respects the audience. And, and we did. And uh, I think, uh, I think it, it resulted in the relationship we had with the audience. Oh, big time. I, I have another one for you too. Um, the, you, you know, you grew that mustache for the character and <laughs> I read on different things and different research, but really, I guess even after I was done, I was like, I don't really know if I got that answer. Why did you really grow it? Alan called me one day and he said, Mike, and he said, yeah, he said, they think we're too much alike. What do you think about growing a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> that was it. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. I mean, I was reading stuff, you know, it was like, it was this for the character and that for the character. <laughs> it was that. That's great. Um, I, should, I should add, my mother hated the mustache. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like it. Oh, I that's said, I'll shave it off after every season, but. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. Classic mom, by the way. Um, so what um, your your first wife was also in the show. She played uh, Nurse Abel. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Judy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did Judy, how did that come about? Like, you know, I mean, I realized she was an actress also, sure. but yeah. Judy's an, a writer and an actress. And oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize uh, that. I think Bert, uh, I think Bert Metcalf said, uh, your wife, and I said, I'm sure she'd love it. And uh, excuse me while I, <laughs> why don't you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, she came over and met them and yeah, so she was a recurring nurse periodically, which was great. It was fun. Was it fun to to work together on the set? Like, you know, it was that oh, yeah. we were we were married through most of the show. Uh, mm -hmm. and we our parting was amicable, fortunately. So uh, yeah. We're still we're still good friends. That's great. That's great. So the other side of the coin is you go on, you write, um, I think it was five episodes. I think you directed four. At least that's what I, I saw in there. Um, I can't keep track of them, but yes. Yeah. So um, first of all, what did you prefer being an, an actor or being a director? Uh, that, I guess that's the first part of the question. I liked, I liked, I liked being, being involved in the creative process um, I directed a movie separate from the show after the show was over. Um, I loved being a director. It came about because MASH, the experience of doing MASH, was, I always think of it as a creative community. And mm -hmm. it, started, it started on that day I told you about when Gene right. Reynolds, okay, page one. You know, if we had ideas, they were they welcomed them. And um, things came first things comes first one day i came to bird and i said i've got an idea for a show and he said i told him what it was and he said oh that's a good idea why don't you write it <laughs> wow and i thought you know because i had done some writing before that but i thought this is sort of high class writing for this show oh top of the line yeah, yeah. I thought, but he said look you know we've got a staff of writers and it'll you'll be part of the you'll get in there and you'll mix it up with them about 
So I did. I wrote that's when I wrote the first episode, and they were very generous and very helpful. And we, you know, we moved forward from there. So along that line, a few years, you know, there were I was there for eight wonderful years. So wow, a couple of three, four years in, I said to Bert, um, I'd like to give the directing a shot. And he said, I think you should. And that was the first one. Oh my gosh, seriously, you've got to be kidding me. That it was that oh yeah. Well, oh, obviously no. they had a lot of respect for you, but yeah. <clears throat> well, no. I, I I thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was uh it was a mutual admiration society, I guess. Um but I will say <laughs> when I I think on the first one I I directed um uh an episode that uh I had written and wow we were setting up uh we were setting up a shot and i was looking through the lens and i thought okay i said who wrote this shit <laughs> <laughs> i realized some of what i had written was visible and i didn't have to say it and it was you know it's one one of the things you learn <laughs> oh is that funny ah that's great so so did you um uh, did you find, did, how did, how did that feel to not only, I mean, I, I'm assuming you probably were in the episode as well. Is that right? The one that you wrote? Yeah. So you're in it, you wrote it, you directed it. What is that like to see that all, you know, come together as this final product? Yeah. It, well, it's the final product. You see your name on the screen, you know, written by, directed by, that's, that to me is really exciting. Yeah. Um, but when you're doing it, you know, you're focused, you're doing, you, you know what you want, you know what you're looking for, you get the opportunity to talk to these people and, uh, you know, share your ideas with them. Yeah. Um, it's just thrilling. It's, it's, uh, it, it's really a wonderful a part of this whole creative um, experience you just mm -hmm. and I kept thinking I did till the day we left and I did till today how lucky I am and how lucky I was to be part of that wow it's so great that you recognize that I mean seriously I can't tell you just how many people have read about or whatever that don't always get it they just don't get what I what a gift that is you know yeah I know <laughs> I've run across some of them. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. So let's um, <clears throat> loved talking about MASH. I, I also want to know a bit about your background. Um, you you know, you um, I, I saw that you were originally born in St. Paul, but you, your family moved out to L.A. Um, did you it, it I, I saw you went to grade school with Natalie Wood, Natasha Gurdon. Yes. Yes. Do you do you remember her from then? Oh, God. <clears throat> I had such a crush on Natalie when I was, we were in second or third grade together. Wow. Grammar school. And uh, uh, we, <laughs> the teacher got us out of the class to go, to go, um, I don't know, to watch some, some assembly, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, she was in line, oh, three or four people ahead of me. And one of the girls behind her and in front of me said, Natalie, Mike likes you. 
was mortified, of course, because I adored her. And she turned and she looked at me and she said, why, Mike, why didn't you tell me? Oh, my gosh. I mean, she had that kind of a point even at that point in her age. In, in wow. Her, uh, it was stunning to me. Wow. Stunning. And I, of course, <laughs> was dumbfounded, could say nothing. and Right. And she moved on. She was, uh, I don't think she went on even through grammar school in, she was probably on, maybe being taught on movie sets for the rest of her, her child, child, child days. Wow. What a moment in time. Yeah. We, uh, we met um, later. Uh, I, I rented a place in Malibu for the summer months. Mm-hmm. She and uh, uh, Bob Wagner lived uh, just two or three doors down and uh, we had kids and they had kids and our kids played together. And <laughs> I reminded her of that. <laughs> oh, how funny. That episode, yeah. She was very sweet. Wow, that's pretty cool. Talk about life comes full circle. You bet. You bet. That's pretty cool. So the other side of it too, I saw that you went to uh, Hollywood High. When when you were there, um, who were I guess some of the people that you know were so you know supposedly names or became names? Became names is more the case. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, my my wife is much better at this than I am. Um, yeah, John John Law. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom, Tom, I knew his brother Tom mostly. But, <clears throat> excuse me, John became sort of a flash and pan big name, and then left and didn't hang around the business much. Um, <laughs> a woman named Taffy Paul hmm. was uh, Stephanie Powers. Became, oh my gosh! No way! That was that was her name before. Yeah, we we called her Taffy, and and Paul was her last name. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Yeah. I worked with her on uh, the show she did with Bob Wagner as well. Um, later on, and we have to talk about that. Oh, heart to heart. Is yeah, that what it was? Yeah. yeah. She's supposed to, by the way, she's supposed to come on the show possibly in April. Oh, great. She, yeah, Tell she, <laughs> we talked, but we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, <clears throat> sure, sure. but uh, that's what she's planning on. So we'll see. That's great. Um, no, she'll have many, many stories. She's been through the business and God. Um, oh, and, yeah. And, and well, She'll tell you the stories, okay. Um, and uh, Donna, I want to say Donna Larson. Is that right, Donna Larson? Who was the young woman who was in on the on the beach with uh, Tony Perkins? Oh, 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 God, oh, God. Uh, and she had a very short career, I think, and, and I don't know quite why, but she was, she was, she was. You know, an up and coming actress when when we were at, at Hollywood High, I was a a wannabe in my head actor, but terrified of the idea of actually getting up and performing. So I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I re- I saw a story which I don't even know if it was right at that time or not that you said that I loved, and it was the one where you were a delivery man as one of your jobs. I think it was delivering groceries. And you you said that you would deliver to Star's Homes, but there was an incident with Dorothy Malone. And I was like, wow, I can't, I can, like, could you mind repeating what happened? 
not at all. Uh, yeah, I used to deliver God. I delivered to Jerry Lewis and Tony. Uh, uh, God, there's so many. Uh, Tony I, Curtis? I don't know. Yeah. No, no uh, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I do these blanks on names periodically. I think we all do, Mike. I don't. I wouldn't worry too much on that one. Um, uh, but a great star. Uh, he became a great star and a great friend, Anthony, um, uh, the, the great Greek Zorro, Zorba. Oh, oh, uh, Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so was, I, yes, I delivered. Uh, I, I worked for driving a truck and delivering groceries uh, at a at a store in. Uh, in LA, West Hollywood, that a lot of the people who didn't want to bother to go to the market <laughs> got their groceries uh, by calling up and ordering, and we brought them to their home. So I got went into the back doors of a lot of movie stars and television wow. stars. <clears throat> so Dorothy Malone, one of the most beautiful creatures ever walked the earth, wow, came into the kitchen when I was bringing her groceries in. And she was very sweet. And she said, I said, uh, I don't know if I said anything. <laughs> and she said, oh, hi, how are you? And I said, I'm fine, thank you, how are you? And she said, what, uh, something about, oh, I said, I think I complimented her on her acting. And she said, are you, uh, what's, your, what's your dream when you, and I said, well, I, I really, I really dream about becoming an actor. And she said, oh, yes, you should. Wow. <laughs> I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> I've, been blessed. I've been blessed by the Pope. <laughs> literally, literally. It's one of those moments. Yeah. You need that. You need that in those moments. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. When I think about it, you know, just so gracious, so sweet of her to do to even bother to say hello but to to be that that kind was really wonderful oh yeah and to care so you um i mean i'm i, I there's so many areas with you like where you could jump around people that you worked with but you spent okay so you ended up um i i know that uh, your father passed when you were like 17 and and if i'm too personal on this you let me know mike but i feel like i don't know i'm i've I, Everything that I, when I hear you or I've read about you, it's like you went, you went into the Marines, you went to be an actor. I'm just wondering how much of that is, is also the difficult relationship you had with your father um, trying to, you know, kind of do the right thing, so to speak. It's a little bit of, yeah, I mean, you know, aren't we all the, the result? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm. Same parents, but yeah, my dad was a tough guy and um, an Irishman, hard drinking, tough. He was not abusive in the sense that uh, we hear about today. Mm -hmm. He was not physically abusive, except as he felt it was appropriate. Mm -hmm. But he was emotionally, uh, he was a very sarcastic man, especially with me it feels like probably my brother and I and my sisters too but uh, I felt it of course um so there was always the kind of desire my dad was John Wayne you know my dad was big and tough and Irish and um, god I remember when I was a kid he'd come home from 
the bar around the corner, half lit, I'm sure, um, walk in the front door and say, if the cops come, I'm not home. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I, I was deputized, you know. I had to answer the door if the cops came and just say, I'm sorry, officer, he's not here. Wow. Um, um, so that there there was that sort of legacy with him. You had to live up to being a big, tough Irishman on the one hand, and you didn't want to, I, I didn't want to, when my kids were born, the last thing I wanted was for them to feel frightened of me uh, right. or or um, um, minimized, which both of which I think he was good at doing. Um, so my reaction to being my father's son was as you suggested i when i got out of high school i lived up to being the the tough guy and joined the marine corps um and tried to prove you know that i was capable of being a marine wow um i i um i um i can't even think of some of the things i did but you know i survived in the marine corps and got lucky um yeah between two wars i before korea after korea and before vietnam although i was on a troop ship on the way to okinawa to the third marines in uh, 58 i guess it would have been mm -hmm. and um the there was an announcement that we were circling we may be changing course wow um and the word came down that we may be going into a place called French Indochina. Oh, wow. Now known as Vietnam. Right. To uh, bolster the French forces that are having some trouble there. Oh, wow. That's too close. <laughs> it's very, very much too close. And then we got word, no, we should, we should move on. My dad, uh, my dad actually served in the Korean War. So I, it, uh, it was one of those, uh, Thing. So when you say that, believe me, I, I can I can respect that feeling that you must have had on that ship at that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your your life is not your own. Uh, you you you've given you've given them the right to do whatever they do with you. And boy, some of it is nasty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The so you come back and you're you're uh, you decide. Well, actually, I don't know if you do. You you want to be an actor, but it's interesting. Um, what? <laughs> I guess that's the other one I was trying to figure out is like, when do you actually say, you know what, I will be an actor because I felt like there were a lot, there was a, a period of time in there where it was kind of like, well, that's what I want to do, but I'm not doing it. What happened? Well, I lived, you know, I lived in, in West Hollywood, California. This was the heart of the, of the motion picture industry. I go to the store and I'd see people from the movies and television. And wow. I, I, I wanted it but was terror. I, I couldn't stand up in high school and speak in uh, in English, in whatever the class was where you're supposed to stand up and speak. Really? No, I was terrified of the idea. I was very, very shy. Um, thanks again to my dad. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I, I nursed this dream and I was... Uh, <clears throat> I, I will say this carefully. I, I, when I was working driving the truck, I was walking down the street to catch the bus to go home, and a man stopped his car 
which was not unusual in West Hollywood at that time, mm -hmm. said, uh, would you like a ride? And I said, sure. Uh, and uh, that kind of thing. When I was in high school, I used to get rides from gay men who would want to, um, you know, give a guy a lift. And at the during sometime during the lift, they'd say, are you interested in? And I'd say no. And they'd say, okay. And I'd get off <laughs> out of the car. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was so a ride. I, yeah. saved, I saved car fare that way. Right. Uh, anyway, this guy said, would you like a ride? And I said, sure. And he said, there's some version in the conversation as we're driving down toward where I got off, um, got out. He said, uh, uh, are you, I, I don't know if he asked if I said, I had sort of dreams of being an actor. And by then it was, you know, after the Marines and I'm buffed and ready to go. And yeah. He said, well, give me a call sometime. And he gave me his card and he was an agent. And I got, I was well, very excited. I thought, well, gee, this is, whew, man, this is a big, big, big break right there. Yeah. Without, you know, any sense of what was required of being an actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember my, I had an older sister and she said, oh, Mike, uh, be careful, man. This is not, and I, so I thought, well, don't, don't. So I called this guy and he said, listen, um, I could get, I can get you an interview for a, you're in, uh, you, I, I don't know if I told him I was in the service or whatever. Yeah. You were an ex-Marine. Yeah, I can get you an interview. I have a feeling it was with Hal Wallace. I don't remember, but he was, whoever it was. It was, was huge. Yeah. Nice, nice man putting on a, a war movie. And um, he I, I got an interview through this agent with him yeah. and he said uh, this guy said to me what have you done and I said <laughs> nothing <laughs> you know nothing I just you know got a job and he said uh did Henry sent you here and I said yes and he said um do you know what that suggests and I said no what do you mean and he said any place he sends you uh, is going to mean that you and he are have a relationship that is uh, beneficial to him. As oh, well. wow. And I said, he said, is that the case? And I said, no, it's not. And he said, well, uh, as long as you're associated with him, that's what's going to be associated with you. Oh, and my gosh. Thank you. Thank you very much for telling me that. And I called the guy back and said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, but he, and he said, the, the agent said, you, you either cooperate with people like me or you'll get nowhere in the business. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is like, you hear about this, but to actually hear somebody that had this happen, was this, by the way, was this, uh, uh, Rock Hudson's agent, uh, Henry Wilson or whatever? Yes. Pretty famous. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Infamous, as it infamous, out. literally infamous. That's <laughs> yeah. a wild story, Mike. So what? So now, what? You know, some people they would be like, "Oh, okay, I'm done. I don't want to be around this." What? What? What was the next step that got you over the hump, so to speak? Um, Thanks for coming, and uh, please check us out also on YouTube.com/slash/that'sclassictv, where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye bye.